Welcome to the Females on Fire podcast, where you'll get the tools you need to master your money, marketing, and your motivation. I'm your host, Haley Luckadoo, the money and marketing coach, motivational speaker, and huge Dr. Pepper lover who is on a mission to connect you with women who are incredible at what they do with the hope that you will leave inspired, educated, and motivated to create the life that sets your soul on fire. Before we dive into another amazing episode, I am so excited to tell you about this week's show sponsor. It is the Money and Marketing Catalyst, which is my signature 12-week program for entrepreneurs and small business owners who are ready to go from stuck to scaling and fast. This program is for you if you are sick of coming up at the end of each month trying to find more ways to make some extra revenue or feel like you're on the content creation hamster wheel and you're constantly posting and engaging only to never drive sales from your marketing. MMC, as we like to call it, focuses on my core method, which is a four-step framework that we first apply to your business finances. So we'll dig into your numbers like you have never done before and get really deep into the details of your money. You'll master your profit margins, feel confident in your numbers, and have personalized and effective strategies for growing revenue each and every month. Then we'll spend the second half of our time together applying that core framework to your marketing. So this is not your standard marketing or social media tips and advice. You will actually learn methods and strategies that are really going to help your marketing. You'll become a content creation queen and you'll ditch all the stress and headache for marketing efforts that actually convert into sales without relying on ad spend. MMC is the program that I wish I had when I was ready to grow and scale my business. Consider what it's costing you to stay stuck where you are for the next three months. I guarantee that if you wait, if you don't jump on this now, you will look back wishing that you had just gone ahead and invested in yourself. This is the ultimate program to help transform your business into what you want it to look like, all with someone who's personally been right where you are, figured it out, and wants to help you succeed faster and easier. Enrollment for the Money and Marketing Catalyst is actually currently open for our next round that starts at the end of January. And as a thank you for being a listener of the show and a part of the Females on Fire community, I want to give you a gift. So if you are listening to this, I am giving you $400 off of the program and free access to my Finance Your Future course, which is my personal finance course to go along with all the business finance stuff that we'll talk about in MMC. So when you apply and you're accepted into the program, if you mention that you are a Females on Fire listener, you'll get that $400 off and get access to Finance Your Future. Just head over to Apply MMC. So for Money and Marketing Catalyst, apply MMC.com. 
www.spotspot.com and put in your application. Spots are super limited because I want to keep it small enough where you get tons of time with me and individualized help. So there are only a few spots and they will absolutely sell out. Don't wait to change your business because when you change your business, you change your life. And the money and marketing catalyst can be the catalyst, the propeller, the program that will help you do just that. So go ahead and enroll. Do not miss out. And again, head to applymmc.com and put in your application and my team will get you all of the details. Welcome back, Females on Fire, and again, happy 2021. This isn't the first episode of the new year, but it is our first guest episode, and there is just no better way to kick off a new year than with this guest. I am so excited. I have been waiting so long for this episode to air because I am interviewing my dear friend, Heather Parody today. Heather is the host of the Unconventional Leaders podcast, and she actually featured me as a guest, so definitely go check that out. We had an amazing conversation over on her show, but now I am chatting with her today, and we're talking about that exact topic, unconventional leadership, why that's something that you should aim for and strive for, and how you are probably a leader, even though you may not feel like one and how you can show up as a leader in your family, in your business, in all areas of your life. And Heather is dishing out just some really incredible tangible tips, but also just motivation and inspiration for what leadership can look like and what it should and shouldn't look like and why you need to be showing up as a leader and harnessing those leadership skills both in and out of your business. Heather is an absolutely incredible person. I absolutely love her and her quirky, fun, just electric energy. So I know you guys are going to love her too. And I can't wait to dive into this episode. Hi, Heather. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. I'm excited. Thanks for I'm having me. I'm more excited. <laughs> Let's do this. Yeah. So we met just for everybody to know, we met when I was on your podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, so everybody should absolutely go check that out. And I just had to have you on mine because talking to you is so much fun. So I'm we so had a good excited. time. You we dropped some truth good. bombs though. So <laughs> let's just be honest. Yeah. Now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. No pressure. Yeah. I love it. Well, before we dive into this really amazing conversation that I think is so important, will you just tell everybody a little bit about you? What's your story? How'd you get here? I don't know how I got here and I feel like I'm still getting there if anybody in the back can attest to that. So where I'm at currently is uh, I run my own business where, where I'm sitting right here. If you're watching the video, I sit here pretty much my entire life outside of eating meals and going to bed. Um, I left my full-time career about three years ago, I believe. I uh, went through graduate school to become a therapist and I loved psychology and I loved the study of human behavior, but I didn't like the idea of having a job so much to the point that I went to a couple of job interviews and I got them and they said, congratulations, you have a job. 
and I start crying and my husband's like, Heather, people don't cry when they get job interviews. And I'm like, well, maybe I should do something else, but I felt so guilty because I'd spent all this time and all this money, uh, you know, going to school. And I honestly wanted to have like a stable thing that says, this is what I do. So I could just, you know, kind of have that answer at the dinner party. Not that I ever go to dinner parties, I go to barbecues, but you know what I'm trying to say? Um, but I just, I remember sitting in the waiting room to go into an interview and I looked over and I saw this magazine that said entrepreneur on it. And I'm like, ah, that's really what I want to do, you know? So I, I turned the jobs down and just started. And I didn't really know what I was starting. I knew that I wanted to create content and put out a message. And I love media. I love videos and what we're doing right now, but I'm going to give a big news shocker to everybody. Like it's just going to blow your minds, but you don't make money doing that. You know, like you don't, that is something that is a long-term marketing game that works, but it takes a lot of time and investment. You can't just start a podcast and a blog and YouTube channel and all these things and just start making money from it unless you had a previous audience. So in order to do that stuff that I enjoyed, I needed to figure out a way to make money. Um, so I've done a variety of different things and there's been a lot of transitions, even in three years, it feels like it's been 20 years, but looking at three years, it's been crazy. So I freelanced a lot the first year, the second year I did kind of like a half freelance work, half coaching consulting. And then this year has been able to build out memberships and programs and do um, some more high level work, which I really enjoy. Um, I, I, I enjoy freelance work, but I just don't have time to do it, you know, unless you build out a team underneath you, which I wasn't really in the mood for all that. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> but anyway, all of that to say, I've really built a business to create a lifestyle where I could create because creating is really my passion and my joy. I love conversations like with you and having, you know, TikToks and connecting with people in, in different parts of the world over, over just fun human stuff. Uh, so for me, I, you know, most people create content in order to support their business. I'm kind of opposite where I have a business so I can have time to make content. There you go. I love it. I love it. I love that you first of all, started out with, I have no idea how I got here and, and how I'm going to get where I want to go. Cause I feel like that's most of us, right? Like, sure. Especially, uh, I know my audience is lots of creative business owners and, mm -hmm. and they're very similar to that where it's just like, they, they had the the opportunity, or maybe even actually did the corporate job or, you know, the, the right job, if you will. And they, they didn't love it. They weren't happy. They weren't passionate about it. And so they said, you know what, screw it. I'm going to go start my own business. And they had no idea how to actually get started. No idea how to move forward. So I think that's something a lot of us can relate to. Uh, but I love that you said, I want to, you know, create, I, I started my business so I could create a lifestyle. And, and I, I, I felt that cause that's a hundred percent what I'm doing. I know that's what our audience is doing because I think so many of us were so passionate about our message or about our work or about our clients. And we will add all these different facets to our business to find a way to share that message or find a way to help those people. Um, so I definitely think that's something that we all can identify with. And I, I love that in your story. I feel like uh, no matter how many women we have on the show, I feel like all of our stories kind of have that one sort of similar underlying factor that, you know, we weren't going to be happy in the corporate world. And so we came and we, we did our own thing and we have absolutely no idea how we're doing it or how we're going to keep doing it, but we're making it work. 
Yeah. And, you know, I really want to normalize the idea that we do what we do, not just because of money. Yes. You and I talked about this when you came on my show and I couldn't agree more with some of the things you were saying about it, but there's this freaking pressure strain to make a certain amount or you're not a legitimate badass entrepreneur, blah, blah, blah. Yes. Okay, cool. But you know what? I have, I know people I've made it certain amounts of money that you're still miserable. Like, why are we not talking about the time freedom, the joy, the fulfillment in your life? Because for me, I I don't think about as how much money I make up business as long as I'm making what I need to make. I'm happy with that. Like, and is that okay? Like, is that okay to say that as an American entrepreneur who's doing the digital nomad? Like, is that okay to say that? Like, can we talk about this for a second? Yeah. Because the freedom to say, you know, I can go to Colorado to, with my husband and do these things. Or, you know, next week I'm working on a production set, a film that's in Atlanta and I'm not getting paid jack with that compared to what I could make if I stayed at home and did my business. But you know what? I have the freedom to go do that because I want to, because it's fun, because I enjoy it. And I'm a 34 year old woman with wife and kids who does all this random weird crap that I love, like traveling and working on, you know, films and taking acting classes and doing, taking pictures and doing all these things that don't have a necessarily an income attached to them. But since I make money in my own business, I don't have to worry about getting paid to do some of these things because I've, I've make, I'm making money on my own. Now, could I make more if I got rid of some of these extra activities and traveled less and didn't work on, you know, absolutely I could, but I don't want to. And so I think sometimes you got to ask yourself that, am I making, you know, wanting to make this certain amount because that really lights me up, lights me up. <laughs> even if no one knew about it. And that's a good question to ask yourself. What would you be doing if no one was watching? If no one knew you, if no one would ever know, what would you do? Would you spend all of your time trying to figure out how to scale and make extra money? Cool. Or would you figure out how to make just enough so you could have a bunch of time and go and create crap and travel and spend time with your family and go to a comedy club or whatever it may be? Like, there's a lot of judgment and pressure on entrepreneurs. I think too, especially women, because we feel like we have to prove ourselves to be like a six figure badass, seven figure badass, scale this badass. You know what I mean? Like get over it, dude. Like, are you happy? Anyway, I'm done. I'm sorry. Yes. No, no. Yes. Please keep going. Oh my gosh. Let's dig into that a little bit for a minute. Let's dig into that. Cause I love it. I love it so much. What, so what is your advice to, Cause I know we've got kind of my audience is a lot of people who are sort of just starting out or they're a couple years in, but they've made those pivots, you know, that you inevitably make in those first couple years. What's your advice to them to, you know, I think a lot of them are very much like me when I started out, it was like, Oh, I got my business. I love it. I'm here for it. Yes, let's do it. But then you get a couple months in or a couple years in and you don't feel like you're really making the money you wanted to make. Cause you, let's face it. You wanted the money from the corporate job. You wanted the money from the stable, secure, you know, thing, but we wanted the freedom and the creativity of running our own business. And so we get a couple months in a couple years in and we're like, well, I've been doing it for a while. Why don't I have the money? And there's, like you said, a lot of pressure 
both on ourselves and from outside sources, maybe your spouse, maybe your family, maybe your friends, or just society in general, especially as women. And so what is your advice to them when they're kind of in that stage where they know they're passionate, they know they love what they do, but they're kind of thinking about, you know, going back and taking that other job for a little while or, or adding something that they're not really in love with because they feel that pressure. Sure. Dude. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's just normalize that, that we've all felt that way before. I think there's, there's going to be several factors. Um, my initial gut response is raise your prices. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. I think that, especially if you have a service-based freelance type job, then if you are so busy that you're kind of paddling and struggling, then that's a sign you need to raise your prices. If you ever, it's coming out of your mouth, I'm so busy, I'm so stressed. I don't think, I think that's a sign that there's not a lot of boundaries there. And so figuring out, okay, why am I so stressed? Why am I so busy? It's because there's no boundaries set up. So raising your prices is a great way of doing that. Yes, you're going to have less clients, but you're going to be making the same amount or more and working less. So there's that. And a lot of people really struggle with that. It's like, oh, am I worth it? Well, you are. Um, so there's that piece. I think going back to what people ask you about the most and stop overthinking it, I think is the most important. Um, what do you get asked about constantly? And what do people, what, when people have hired you or bought your services, what was that thing? A lot of times we want it to be, I want to get paid. I'm just going to throw something out there to be a motivational speaker and life coach women on confidence. Cool. That's your goal, but that's not what people are going to pay you for right now. So we've got to be incredibly humble, incredibly humble to do what we need to do to create space and resources and leverage to do what we want to do long-term. So if that means that you're editing somebody's podcast right now, that may not be what you want to do, but do what you need to do. That's a part of the work and a part of the grind and be working towards what you really want on this side. But you, you know, validation comes through dollars. You know, if people aren't paying you for something right now, it's either you don't have the skill set or you haven't marketed yourself in the way that you need to. So again, there's a variety of things that it could be, but I think having a good price point where you're not super, super drained which will give you more time and freedom to kind of create what you want to on the side until you get to a point where people are paying you to do what you really want to do. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. And I love that. I love that you started right there on raising your prices. Cause I think again, especially as women, I think sometimes we're like, we pull that whole, are we worth it thing? And it's like, well, you know, I, I kind of feel like I am, but maybe mm -hmm. they won't feel like I am. And we worry mm -hmm. so much about what the, the yep. customer is going to think. And I think that's great when you're thinking of, you know, your branding and you're thinking of what your customer needs and all that. But when it comes to your prices, it doesn't matter what they think. The yep. right people are going to pay the price that you have set. Here's another thing too, not to interrupt you, but no go. someone told me this and it was so brilliant. I was interviewing because my very first business was photography. I was a wedding photographer. So me and you have that background. Yeah. Made good money, loved it, blah, blah, blah good cake. Um, but one of the things, one of the traps that I fell into as a photographer, and I've seen that translated over into what I do now too, is that I just wanted work. So I would just take pictures of everything. Well, yep. then I would put those photos up on my portfolio. Well, what am I doing? I'm marketing that I 
take photos of everything when I really wanted to take photos of weddings and couples. Yeah. So a photographer who was way more successful than me said, stop posting the pictures of these families. If you don't want to have more families, only present yourself in the way of the job you want to have, the kind of client you want to have. So I see that now too translated into what I want to do right now. I make money through consulting my masterminds and my programs, but you won't see that for me online anywhere, hardly other than my website. Right. Now, people are like, you're, why would you do that? You know, you can get more money. You could, you know, I absolutely could, but long-term what I want to do with my life is be a host and produce this show. So guess what you see on with Heather Parody all the time. You see the future Heather of what I'm going to get paid to do one day right now while I'm doing it for free. Absolutely. <laughs> because yes. I'm presenting myself as Heather Parody, the host not Heather Parody, these other things. So show who you want to become and what you're working towards. And that's going to attract and draw in that life to you. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, I love the way you put that because it's really showing up the way you want to be and showing up with what you want to do and who you want to serve and all of those things while also doing the dang work in the background, like whatever that work is that makes you money. And that doesn't mean that you take every client. It doesn't mean that you burn yourself out. It doesn't mean you do all those things, but you do the thing that's going to make you the money within reason, within staying happy and staying passionate about what you do. And you do it with your eye on the prize of who you're going to be and what you're going to do. And, and I, I definitely agree with that. I feel that too. I still have a couple, you know, I love my business, but I still have a couple things that I do that make me money that aren't necessarily what I want to do forever, but it's funding me getting to the forever part. Absolutely. And that's okay. That's brave. Yeah. I think that is bravery. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. I love that so much. So let's dive in. You, you, you have a podcast, you have a Facebook group, all this stuff called unconventional leaders. And this is really the heart of what I want to talk about today is that, that leadership aspect. And I think this very much goes along with you know, this idea of growing a business that you're passionate about and that you love. So I think it all ties in great together, but let's talk about unconventional leadership. What does that mean? How did you come up with that? What does that look like? How is it different from, you know, when we just talk about leadership? I like the topic of leadership. I think it's interesting, but when I was looking at that landscape, I only saw one type of person and not there's anything wrong with that type of person, like the, you know, upper middle class white man in a suit, you know, who has his pillars of success. They always have a pillar of something. It's amazing to <laughs> me, but I didn't see a lot of representation of like the misfit and the underdog and the, what I really saw throughout history was a leader, because when you look at real game changers, they were always off a little bit like they were weird they were quirky they were missing a limb they grew up poor they were the wrong color the wrong gender whatever in their cultural you know the way they grew up but those are the people who we now celebrate but for some reason right now those people in our life among us you know who are doing incredible things or have so much capacity to make a difference in this world you know we don't think of that as leadership so i just wanted to have that conversation like you know, I've, I've interviewed a teenager in Canada who has 
a million followers on TikTok. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what are you doing with that? And it's such a weird conversation, but it's so interesting to me. You know, I've talked to, you know, a, a screenwriter in Atlanta who doesn't like the narrative around black men and black fathers. So he's writing his own scripts to try to retell that story of what it means to be a black man and, you know, nonprofits and comedians and, you know, yes, entrepreneurs, all these people, but like, where, where's the conversation around what leadership looks like within that context? Like, it, I feel like sometimes we feel like we need to fit into this box of, you know, if I'm going to be an entrepreneur, this is what I look like. If I'm going to be a leader, this is what I'm going to look like. If I'm going to be an influencer, this is what I'm going to look like. And I just think it's a bunch of bull crap and people are really sick of it and tired of it. So instead of like looking at what I should be, why don't we look at who we are and figure out how to be faithful with the gifts God has given us. And so leadership simply is influence, right? That's what John Maxwell says. So we're all have leadership within us. We all have influence, whether you're a stay at home mom, whether you have 10 Instagram followers or a million, what are we doing with that influence? And so unconventional leaders is just really a place for the people who feel called to do great things, but feel outside of the box. I love it. I love it. I love that you said we all have leadership within us because I think kind of like you said, we get stuck in this idea that leadership looks a certain way. And even if you can get outside of the, you know, the businessman in the suit leading a big team at a company, even if you can get outside that, I still think even within, you know, some of these women that listen to the show, I think even within their small businesses, you know, they're running their little team and they know they're a leader, but they still feel like that has to look a certain way. They still feel like they have to play a certain part and uh, treat their team a certain way. They're not allowed to talk about certain things with their team because that would be, you know, unprofessional or, or things like that. And I, I feel like leadership looks so particular to a lot of us and we can't, we can't get past that. You know, even when we hear these conversations and we go, yeah, that's, that's the type of leader I want to be. But it's like you said, the, the stay at home mom who's got two or three kids, like she's a leader, but she would never say that about herself. So I love that you're, you're changing the landscape, even if, even if it's a little bit slowly, cause it's, it's a big change, but I love that you're changing the landscape of what that looks like. And I, I especially think in entrepreneurship, in small business, we need that change because trying to run a team or even, you know, run your company by itself with just your audience and your followers and influencing them, trying to do that while fitting into this mold of what you think a leader is supposed to look like, it's not going to work and it's going to be really hard. So I think it's a change that we really need. I, I still deal with this. I don't know if I'll ever not deal with it, but the whole comparison thing is super hard, super, super, super hard. And I have to constantly check and ask myself, but do you like you? But do you like who you are? Do you like your content? Do you like the way that you're showing up? Do you feel good about it? Like, and sometimes when I've noticed myself, because I've done it kind of shifting into this thing that I think I'm supposed to be, um, I get yucky. It's like, it feels yucky and gross. And I'm like, okay, well, this may seem and make sense, you know, here. And I, I mean, like even having this, the, the word leader in the show, I didn't call it unconventional leaders at the beginning. I didn't because I thought, who are you to have a show that blankly says it's leadership. You right. are a woman, white woman in her thirties, homeschooled her whole life, super quirky, mispronounces every word, hyper as hell. Like I am just like, 
I wear, you know, Mario t-shirts that I found at Goodwill. Like that's who I am. And I'm like, okay, well, this is not, <laughs> you know, so I left it out. I just, it was called, you know, just unconventional at first. So putting in the word leaders was actually a very conscious and difficult thing for me to do. Um, and even still, you know, I get emails constantly um, from people. They're like, hey, do you want to interview this guy on the four pillars of leadership? Again, there's the pillars again. Yeah, the four pillars of leadership. And I'm like, no, I don't. Like, this is such, like, I love the conversation of leaders, but I don't want to forget that unconventional part, you know, because I feel like people, they don't need permission, but I want to give them a, you know, some validation in that whatever makes them quirky and weird is something that they should lean into, not disregard. So if you're wearing converses and have tons of tattoos and maybe you cuss a little too much, or, you know, maybe you're opposite and you're shy and you like to knit and, you know, you feel like you should be more extroverted, like bullcrap. No, like do you, whatever that thing is. And we throw that around a lot, but I don't think we see it a lot, but when we do see it, we're attracted to it and we don't know why. And that's, what's interesting That's true. is a lot of times like, Oh, people are going to like my real self. Well, even if it's not their way of expressing themselves, they're going to be drawn to your courage to be yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We need more of that. We do. We do. And within entrepreneurship too, I think we get caught in that idea that, oh, well, they're not going to like the real me. You know, Mm -hmm. they all follow this person and she looks like this and she talks like this and this is how she runs her business. So this is how I have to do it. And I, that, you know, that's the level I want to be at. So this is what I have to do. This is the road to get there. And, you know, it's, it's that idea that like, there's no one road to get anywhere, you know, like you hop out on the interstate, you want to go to another city. Odds are there's more than one way to get to that city from where you are. Right. You know, you can take the long route, take the scenic route, do whatever, but there's another way. And I think we look at these people and we idolize these people who have the business we want to have, have the life we want to have, have the money we want to have. And we go, okay, this is how they did it. So this is how I have to do it. And we lose all the individuality, all the originality that made us, us and made our business, our business. But the problem is they have their audience. They have their customers, their followers who already know they exist. They're already following them. They're not going to want you because they have them. So you're hitting a new audience and your new audience is different people. If they wanted to follow that person, they would have followed that person. They're following you. And you know, you mentioned earlier, it doesn't matter if you have 10 followers or 10,000. I think that's just it. When you have 10 followers and you're sitting around going, huh, well, I have these 10 people, but you know, it's nothing. I don't have anything. Nobody's really going to like the real me. Well, those 10 people have people that like them. They have people they share interests with. So what if all of those 10 people went out and got 10 more people and brought them into your audience? And that's, that's how you grow an audience. It's how you grow a following. It's how you grow a business is that type of, you know, you're yourself and you have your original quirky converse wearing mess that that you are and people fall in love with that. And when they fall in love with that, they go, oh, hey, you gotta, you gotta go check out Heather Parody. She's amazing. I love following her. She's so funny. She's quirky. It's great. She's got this podcast. And that's how you grow. You can't grow by sitting around going, okay, this is what a leader looks like. This is what I have to do. This is how she runs her business. All right, I'm just, I'm never gonna say anything I wanna say. I'm gonna look this part. I mean, you're, that's all you're doing is playing a part. And I think within entrepreneurship, 
we forget that sometimes we start to think about what it's supposed to look like and what the road is supposed to look like to get somewhere. And we're not willing to kind of say, you know what, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to make a little dirt road. I'm going to see how this works. I'm going to see if we can still get there somehow. That's it. Because I, I, I fall in the trap too, where I'm trying to cognitively, logically make decisions as opposed to understanding that so much of growth is a energetic type thing that you cultivate. And so if I can cultivate, yeah, I'm not saying like throw logic out and not have your spreadsheets and all that. I do all that. I have, I have a spreadsheet for everything, but when I'm creating from a place of just solely logic of like, okay, this makes logical sense that I should show up this way and I should do these things and I should get on this platform and use this and this and this. And that's solely where I'm creating from energetically, that's not something that is life-giving and people aren't going to be drawn to that. They're like, oh, I'm working so hard. I'm straining. I'm struggling. Well, what are you cultivating around you? What is your presence? And that presence shows up online and it shows up in your business. And so, you know, a lot of times you can be like, oh, I don't have time for creativity and things that make me happy and all that, but we've got to cultivate joy and cultivate um, you know, that, that presence, that energy that we want to give off. And I don't know if you've ever been in a flow like that, where things are just mm -hmm. popping for you. People were DMing you and you weren't even trying so hard. And, you know, you were getting clients and all that stuff. I think it's because you've entered into this state of surrender and, uh, really focused on expressing who you are and letting that flow out and be an outpouring as opposed to trying to impose and force something that you weren't intended to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think it goes back to that. I, I don't remember who said it. Very famous woman, uh, but I don't remember who said it. Uh, you know, people will remember the way you made them feel. And I think that's just, it is. If you think about your audience, you think about your followers, your customers, they're sitting around on Instagram. They're just scrolling through Instagram stories. They want to laugh. They want to, they want some energy. They want some positivity, especially in the world we live in now. Like they just want to be made to feel like they matter, right? They matter to you because they're following you and that you've got something funny to share, or you've got something that's going to help their business, or you've got whatever. It doesn't always have to be you turned on talking about your business, selling something, you know, doing whatever it's gotta be you saying, Hey, you matter to me too. Here's how I'm going to show you that you matter. Here's, here's my funny cat video. Here's, here's me on my trip. Like here, you know, like it doesn't always have to be you turned on, right? They like the parts of you that aren't necessarily the parts where you're going to be able to sell something from it, you know? And, and like, for me, I do a lot of Instagram stories where I'm just like, you know, it's whatever, like I'm showing off my dog. I, I show stuff of my husband all the time and stuff. And it's amazing to me every time if I go for a, a weekend where I don't show any of that stuff, people are like, well, what are you doing? Where's Luke? Is Luke gone? Is he not there? Is your dog okay? Like, it's amazing how you get those things. And that's how you start to, to build and grow because you're making those people feel like they're a part of your life. You're making them feel like they matter. And I think that's that unconventional leadership that you talk so much about because it doesn't look like the suit. It doesn't look like selling them something or telling them how to do something. It's showing them, Hey, you've got it in you to do this too. And it doesn't have to look a certain way. You can grow a business without having to post business all the time. You yep. can grow a business without having to, you know, be 
prim and proper all the time doing your little Instagram live. Like you can lay back in your sweatshirt and do a podcast and it doesn't matter. Like, and, and so I think that's that, that unconventional leadership that we need so much more of. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, somebody said it on the show the other day, they said, success is boring. And I was like, say it again for the people in the back. <laughs> success is boring because this is the truth, Haley. And you know, it is like, okay, figuring out how to scale your business is not complicated. Figuring out how to get in shape is not complicated. Figuring out how to have a better relationship. It's not complicated. Like right. there are some tried and true steps and formulas that guess what y'all you can find out for free by hitting your Google. Okay. That stuff is obtainable. It's here. It's not rocket science. What we need is the life that you're talking about added to that and the personality and the energy and all of that, because people aren't, whether they think they are or not, they're not really looking for information. That's they true. think they are, Yep. they'll Google it, but what they're looking for is connection. Yep. Can I connect with Haley and feel like she genuinely cares about me? Can I relate to her? Okay. She's the one I'm going to get the information from. Exactly. And then we're like, oh, I need more information. No, you need more of yourself so people can feel that trust and connection. So then you can give them that information. That's just it. We want the information, but we want it from somebody we can connect to. Right. It's like you said, you can hit Google and find anything. Like you can find an article written by a guy in a suit about anything, but that's not what we want. We don't want to read it by ourselves and, and then have to go implement it and have no community around that. We would much rather find somebody on Instagram who we have something in common with, have a conversation with them, learn from them, learn in a Facebook community, learn in an Instagram. We, we would rather do those things and have it be fun, have it be quirky, have it be weird and make us feel like we can be quirky and weird too. And, and I think we, we forget that sometimes, you know, it's fine if you want to hit up Google to find something out. It's fine if you're the business owner that's trying to sell something and maybe you get a little more proper to, to make that sale, you know, to, to pitch that thing. It's okay if that's your natural personality, that's fine too. As long as, like you said earlier, you're happy with you and you're happy with you when there's nobody looking, you know, it's great if, if the Instagram live went well, or the Instagram stories are, are getting a lot of views, but what about when you turn that camera off? Are you happy with you? And do you love what you do? And are you attracting the kind of clients you want to work with? Because yes. I know everybody's felt this where they've signed people and the money was there. The transaction was made, but you hate your life for the next 90 days. Yep. Okay. But there's those people that you work with who you just adore and it doesn't feel like work. So when we put ourselves out there like that too, we're going to attract the right type of people that we love working with because there's a difference. I mean, we always talk about yep. the sale, but can we talk about the quality of life after yes. that sale? Because that's important too. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. I think it's, it's so important and something that we don't put a lot of focus on. And I think it goes right back to what we were talking about earlier that we feel that pressure to make the money. We feel that pressure to build the business that this person has or build the life that this person has. Or, and we get all this pressure from society and the comparison game on Instagram and our spouse and our family. And yeah, those people love us. They want us to do well, but they don't necessarily, I don't care who they are. Like my husband, he is the most supportive person on the planet. He loves me to death. Pretty much everything I say, he's like down to do it. 
I, I rarely have to talk him into anything when it comes to my business, but he's never going to fully understand the heart of my business. He can't, it's not his dream. And that's okay. And it's even harder if the person's not necessarily the most supportive or they don't really understand what you're trying to do. He's got big dreams. I love it. I'm here for it. Let's do it. Let's go. But I'm never going to understand the heart behind the why. It's not my dream. It's his. And I think we've got to remember that you've got to start asking yourself like, Hey, yeah, my spouse, my family, my friends, you know, my, my Facebook group, my whatever, they all want me to do well. They're supportive. I, I appreciate that they care that I'm doing well and I hear what they're saying, but I've got to remind myself that they don't see the vision the way that I do. They may see it. They may see parts of it, but they don't see it the way I do. They don't have the heart behind it the way that I do. That It's not their why. And you've got to constantly remind yourself of that so that you're not letting those other opinions and that comparison game and even your own thoughts sometimes let it kind of pull you away from that vision and that life that you're trying to create for yourself. Yeah. They're not going to understand it and they're not going to fight for it. And it's not their job to fight for it. And that's another thing is a lot of times I'll catch myself in the passenger seat of my own life, waiting for somebody to jump in and take the wheel and take control of like, Oh, if I could just get somebody to notice me or what I'm doing, or can I get get this opportunity or this or that? And I'm like, yo, nobody's coming. Okay. And it's not their job to come. It's not their job to give you opportunities. It's your job to get your butt in the seat step on the gas pedal and figure out your own way and your own, you know what I'm saying? Because no one cares. (laughs) Oh, no one cares. Oh, you know what? You don't care about theirs either. The way that you care about it. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, responsibility y'all. I think when you throw out that ego and you, you no longer need that validation, that's when you really start to show up. That's when you really start to, to run your business for you. And, and yes, think about your client. Yes. Listen to your customers, you know, think about what they're asking you for, what they want to see, all those things. I'm not throwing that out. I'm not ruling all of that out. But I think when you, when you no longer, when you're willing to listen to them more for market research than you are for validation, I think that's, that's where that line is. And it's a, it's a fine line. It's hard for a lot of us to distinguish the difference, but when you can go to your customer go to your follower and say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm creating this new thing. What do you want to see? Or, Hey, what do you need? Like, how can I help you versus, Oh, well, I've created this thing. Do you want it? Please take it. Please buy it. Do you want it? Please want it. I need you to want it. I need you to tell me how good it is. When you no longer need that validation, that's when you show up for yourself. That's when you show up for your business. That's when you start to run it solely with your vision in mind. And when you're running it with that vision and you're not looking at what anybody else is doing, I think that's when you start to really build that leadership skill. That's when you start to really grow. And, you know, we talked about scaling and all that. That's when you start to actually implement the information that you had all along and you start to really see results. And that's when people look around and go, Hey, look at what she's doing. That looks fun. Let's go hop on that ride with her for a little while. And maybe they don't stay forever. Maybe, you know, maybe they hop on for a little while and then they leave, they go find something else. They go do their own thing, find somebody else to follow. But the point is that's when you start to attract people and that's when you start to see that growth. And it turns into this giant snowball effect of people being attracted to you simply because you're being you. Amen, sis. (laughs) Amen. 
Ah, oh, I love it. Ah, oh, this has been such a good conversation. Love I'm it. so excited. I want to air it right now. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I love this idea of unconventional leadership. I love this idea of how it shows up in so many different ways and how it's going to look so different for everybody. I'm here for it. I love that you created it. I'm so excited. But before we close out the show, I have a rapid fire round for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Okay. What is one part of your morning routine that you absolutely love? That's so hard because I'm such a nerd for that. <laughs> like I have seven or eight steps every morning. I would say the one that I, if I could get rid of all of them, the one that I would always keep would be my journal. Yeah. Okay. I love that. I'm a journaler too. So I love that so much. I think it's important. I think it helps a lot. Yes. Works out all the feelings. Oh, yes. <laughs> love it. All right. What is the last book that you read? I read three, four books at a time. Um, right now I am in middle of untamed. Okay. Yep. White fragility. Yep. And I can't remember the name of the other one. That's what I'm reading. <laughs> I love it. I feel like the most common answer on this show is I read two or three books at a time. I think all of us are doing it and we're all like, oh, I'm weird. I read three books at a time, but we're not weird because we're all it's doing It's that it. type A driven entrepreneurial type human that yep. people, it's just, we're weird humans. Yeah. I get it. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I it's love so it. weird when you talk to somebody and they don't read and they don't have a morning routine and all that stuff. And I don't mean it's right or wrong. It's just weird. I'm like. It's not us. Yeah. I think every every one of us in the entrepreneurship world with women, I think that's, that's how we are. We're like, I've got a morning routine. I've got a journal. I read three books at a time. I like, we've got it. We got it on lock. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. I got to send you a, a video I made. I did top 10 reasons of, we know you're a self-help junkie. And it was like, you've already read three books and it's just the middle of January. Yep. <laughs> you, when somebody tells you they don't know what their vision is, you get concerned. <laughs> Yes. Yes, yeah. exactly. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's so true. I need to see that. Yeah. All right. What are you most looking forward to in this next season? So this can be personal or business, totally up to you, but what are you excited about? Uh, I think I'm, I'm so excited to lean more into the creativity piece of what I do. I think like me, this conversation that I'm having with you, I don't think I would have had even six months ago. There you go. Because I have felt so, I, it's interesting how I talk about unconventional leadership and then I've put my own self in a box without realizing it. And admitting out loud and then to my followers and my listeners that I don't think I'm as entrepreneurial as I am creative and that I identify with being a creative person first who has a business. Um, it's a very humbling thing and almost embarrassing because I feel like people judge that. Maybe they don't. Maybe I'm judging myself for it because right. I want to lead with Heather the entrepreneur as opposed to Heather the weird fartsy artsy artist person who <laughs> you know, writes terrible jokes and cries in movies and wants to go volunteer and be on a film set. You know what I'm saying? Like, because that doesn't sound as mature. That doesn't sound as successful, but I think that's who I really am. Mm -hmm. And so this next season, I'm really excited to let more of that kind of unleash and that. lean into that a little bit more, even if it doesn't sound as pretty. 
I love that. I love that. Yeah. And I think it goes right back to what we were talking about with that idea of what a leader looks like, that idea of what your business should look like. And I love that you're, you're stepping out of that box. That's awesome. Trying I love to. It. I love it. It's a slow process for sure. Like I'm still doing it. I'm still stepping out of that box. We're all still doing it. I don't think you ever really fully get there. You know, like, I think it's something you constantly have to work on. Like, even when you're showing all your weird stuff and all that, there's always that one thing that you're like, Oh, I'm not going to show that. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell them that. You know? I think that's why output is so important and creating yeah. is so important because a lot of times we, you know, we'll look at something like, Oh, I can't give this because of this, 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 but part of creation, putting things out into the world is to figure out who you are, because mm -hmm. when you can put out enough stuff, you can then objectively look at it and be like, does that feel good to me? Is this true to me? Right. And so it's less about how it's perceived by other people. Like all these blog posts, you know, let's say I was a blogger and I wrote a hundred blog posts. Yeah. You can be like, Oh, this needs to be for the audience and serve them and all that. Or maybe it needs to be you experimenting and seeing like, is this something I enjoy and it gives me life? Yeah. Right. And so keep creating in order to figure out who you are. You don't figure out who you are and then create. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I love that. I want to put that on like a post-it note and just stick it on the wall. I love it. All right. What is one business tool that you would recommend? Something you use that you love that you'd like to share? Okay. Y'all listen to me, please. <laughs> if you don't have a Calendly link, <laughs> Yes. Or acuity or something where people can look at your schedule to talk to you. I just, I'm going to cry. I'm going to sit here and cry. I I don't understand it. It's free. Yep. It saves you time. It saves the other people time. Why would you want to email 10 times back and forth? Are you free this day? That no, no, no. Why would you do that? Send me your Calendly link. Yes, ma'am. Yes, okay, ma I'm Any sweating. calendar app. Any Anything. calendar app. Just Anything. get something. Yes. Oh my I gosh. I will like sell you one of my kidneys first. <laughs> like just do it. I love it. Oh my God. Yes. That's so true though. I get stuff all the time where people are like, Hey, will you come on this podcast or speak for the summit or do whatever? I'm like, sure. And they're like, okay, are you available these dates? And I'm like, screw it. Here's my calendar link. You pick. Yep. Like I'm, I'm not doing this. I don't have time yep. for it. Do not have time for it. Oh my gosh. I oh, love it. That's a fast over here. I've got yeah. to calm down. Okay. <laughs> That's a good one though. That's a good one. Calendly, Acuity, even it's just being you know, Google Calendar, I think doesn't now. I mean, there's like a million of them. Like just pick one. This is the thing. Let me, I'll say one more thing and then I'll be done with it because I love <laughs> a good system and a good process. I really do. I can geek out over that all day long. Yes. If you have to say something two or three times, or do something two or three times. There's probably a system for it. If you get asked Amen. a question several times, guess what? Record your answer, put it on a video and put it on a website page, like yes. figure out how to stop repeating yourself. And so if you're having the same conversations, answering the same questions, take one hour out of your day, but Heather, it only takes a couple of minutes. Yeah, Jackie. But if you take those couple of minutes and add them up, over 15 years of your, you know, career or whatever, that's a yep. lot of freaking time that you could have been doing something else. Amen. Oh my gosh. Yes. Of all the things we just talked about, I think that's the best piece of advice that came out of this. Don't worry about your life or leadership or your creativity. Get a freaking calendar. Link. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm, I'm putting that on a quote card. You better believe it. I'm going to send it to you. It's just going to be like, just get a freaking calendar link. 
Oh, yes. I think that that should be the first thing. The first thing everybody gets when they run a business. I don't care if you've got a an awesome CRM system and all the, just get a freaking There's calendar. There's tons right? of people who don't. I'm amazed. I know. It's crazy. It's so crazy. I love that though. That was a very good recommendation. I love it. All right. Last question. Okay. What is the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? I, I, I'm just going to go with my instinct. Um, I think when I was turning down the two jobs and they paid well and they had the best schedule and it was working with a population I wanted to work with. And I felt like an idiot turning them down. And my husband telling me to do what makes me happy. There you go. And it is so simple. Just do what you want. Be happy. I think the best piece of pieces of advice always are simple. You know, mm-hmm. I think they're always simple. It doesn't have to be this overcomplicated, like long quote from a dead guy. That's like, you, you know, like, no, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be this like prim and proper, well thought out quote to be good advice. Like it, you know, I think my best piece of advice was my mom growing up telling me you'll figure it out. Yeah. You know, and I've carried that with me. Like everything I do now, I'm like, eh, I'll figure it out. It's going to be fine. It's going to work out. So I think the best pieces of advice, and we've had so many women come on the show that they go, oh, well, um, this is really simple, but, and then they share the advice. And I think the best pieces of advice are always. So and when simple. it can come from somebody close to you too, because we can get all these inspo quotes from, you know, millionaire Margaret down the road. And it sounds really good. And we might repost it to our stories because it gives us a little kick. But whenever you can have like your husband or your best friend or your mother or whatever, like look you in the eyes and just like affirm that in you, that's so valuable. And then it also helps me to understand how important, you know, my role is with the people yeah. in my life to affirm them. And so, you know, even if it's something small, like, are you happy? You know, I'm here no matter what, you know, all that stuff. Like it's so simple, but it also means the world to the person who's in the trenches really freaking out about their life. So true. So true. And I love that. Just do what makes you happy and, you know, goes right back to that running the business that you want to run and being the person that you want to be like, you've got to be happy at the end of the day or nothing else matters. Yep. I love it. I love it. Well, tell everybody where they can find you. I know you got the podcast, Facebook group, all the things. So tell them where to go because I cannot imagine that after this conversation, they're not going to want to join that community. Yeah, it's at Heather Parody everywhere. And you can find all the podcast stuff, um, except LinkedIn. I recently deleted my LinkedIn because I didn't like it. Um, And that really upsets people because you don't do that as an entrepreneur because yeah. your organic reach is so high. Let's just throw that out there. But uh, I'm everywhere outside of LinkedIn. I love it. <laughs> do Perry. what you freaking want to do, do and be do. on the platforms you want to be on. I love exactly. it. Exactly. I was like, I that's the it. most mature decision ever to delete your LinkedIn so you could spend more time on TikTok. That literally happened. And you guys, Heather is killing it on TikTok. Like that. Yes, you are. Yes, you My are. My husband is all at a quarter million followers now. There you go. He's That's killing it. That's what's up. I'm you're killing it too. It. No, you're killing it too, though. You're killing it too. I have no, my TikTok is terrible. I think I have like five followers. <laughs> I'll Something do like it. That. You. Something I'll be like, like that. 
Yeah, there's, there's, it's like five, I think, you know, it's not bad. I'm doing You're okay. You're killing the Instagram game. I love Instagram. I'm so much better on Instagram. In fact, my TikTok says better on Instagram. <laughs> it actually says that because I, I just, That's okay. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't yeah. get into it. I still yeah. like post things. I, most of the time I'm creating reels and then I'm just sharing them to TikTok. That's what's happening. You know, most people are doing the opposite. You are a rebel. I know. A rebel I know. with the cause. I am. I'm a rebel. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm the quirky weirdo. On the edge. I'm the unconventional leader. That's what That's I'm right. doing. That's right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, we will link all of her stuff in the show notes. You guys, please go check that out. Give her a follow. Check her out on TikTok. It's amazing. And Thank definitely- you listen to the unconventional leaders podcast. You can start with my episode because it was, it was a great conversation. It was crazy. It was good. It was awesome. It was fantastic. Well, Heather, thank you so much. Thank you. This has been amazing. I really think I, you know, I love the conversations about Instagram and branding and all this Mm -hmm. stuff, but these are some of my favorite conversations because I think these type of, I don't want to say motivational because that almost makes it sound cheesy, right? Mm -hmm. These like, you know, how to actually do better, be better, run the business you want to run and be freaking happy. These are the conversations that I think matter so much more. Amen. And and I I just love it. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your wisdom because we all need it. You're great at what you do. This was easy. (laughs) That's it for this time. Don't forget to head over to the show notes at femalesonfirepodcast.com to grab bonus content from our guests support the show, or grab your Females on Fire swag. If you loved this episode, give us a quick shout out on Instagram by tagging at Females on Fire. And don't forget to tune in every Wednesday for a brand new episode to keep you fired up for those big dreams.